Hello, Robbie. There. Ah, so how are you feeling? Um, excited. Uh, ah. I, I, my voice, tone of voice doesn't seem to match that, so I'm, I'm still trying to sort out. <laughs> Feeling is not something I'm accustomed to uh, uh, noticing, so I, I've been working sure. at it. But um, you gave me an answer, which is which, and you actually it, it did sound more or less excited. So that was a okay. okay. Uh, it, it sounded like an emote rather than a description. So that's progress. Okay. Good. Good. Um, Why are you excited? There, well, there are a variety of things. Uh, the I think this sense of being in the ocean of what Jesus is up to instead of my little pond. Um, it, it, that's a word picture that just came to mind. Um, yeah, that's good. Rec rec recognizing that uh, I really want Jesus' agenda anyway. So sorting out what I can do within my sphere is just an exercise in irrelevance. Um, as opposed to <laughs> rest, resting in what he's doing and trying to keep my eyes fixed on him and trust that he'll work things out. Um, the last night, a member of my family had a dream that they mentioned this morning. They wanted to talk about uh, really getting to the core of some of the awkwardness and tensions we've not addressed recently, and it was their initiative. And uh, I'm excited to wow. see where Jesus will take the, take us from that, um, as it's felt like all of my pushing to address those kinds of things has simply made things harder for the other person. So this is, uh, you know, Jesus at work. Yeah, you know, I, I can affirm that and echo that. Is that, and I realized I try to push things too, and someone once told me you cannot push a rope. One of the first right. lessons they teach sailors. And yeah. I realized I've spent a lot of my life pushing ropes. And yep. so this week uh, I, I've seen I've seen some pull from the other end, which has been uh, extraordinary. Uh, so th there's, there's there's a couple of things. Uh, funny you mentioned what you're excited. Uh, I listen to this podcast called Zigzag. It's um, some uh, radio public radio hosts who quit their jobs a couple of years ago, and they blog their journeys to women journalists trying to do a startup together around radio. And I kind of befriended them in the course of calling into them periodically. And she even visited my website and we're on LinkedIn together and all that. But she just restarted it after a hiatus. And she says a lot of people have been going through a lot. And so we're going through this uh, exercise. And the first question is, uh, I feel blank and blank and I wish blank. And so she okay. had lots of people who'd called in with their answers. And so when I filled mine out this morning, it was, I feel excited and traumatized. And I wish that those who were on me with me on this journey would recognize that. Yeah. And uh, deliberately ambiguous, as most of my statements are, is that both of them recognize that we are on this journey together. Right. And that they would recognize that I'm both excited and traumatized. Some people yeah. see the trauma, and some people see the excitement. But not everyone sees both. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so, um, 
So this morning when I was, you know, wrestling with all of this and trying to figure out what next steps are with all the different exciting and traumatic things happening in my life and in my family, I just was kind of crying. I was going to say, God, I feel alone. And God said, but you're not. And I realized that, ah, and that's what I texted you. I said, we should talk, and even though we didn't get a chance to talk then, which is fine, we're talking now. And you said something last time we talked, which probably wasn't on the podcast, but that, like, you were mentioning things you were interested in doing, and you wanted to know which ones I would be interested in because you would like to do something with me. Yeah. I think, and I'm trying, okay, let's start over again, but the other way around. Like, first, like, let's just agree we want to do this together. Let's just start there. Yep. And so, you know, I, I mentioned this at the very beginning. I don't know how much you thought about that, but I, I described you as my co-founder of this project. And I don't know what that means to you, but in Silicon Valley, being a co-founder is a lot like marriage. Oh, okay. You're gonna, because once you bring this thing into the world, you are both parents, and you can never escape that. Uh-huh. And, and I said, you know, and so... You know, I guess I'll more of a proposal, but or a, a description. But like, I would like to officially propose co-foundership to you, likely uh, by Jesus, because finally after five episodes, I think I know what this is. Oh. I said, remember, I thought I've always been amazed by your willingness to say I want to promote it. So I'm not sure you know what it is. Right. <laughs> I'm not sure we agree on that, <laughs> but uh, I think now we do. And now we have something concrete enough that we can actually start, like, uh, being real about this and figure okay. out what we do with it. Well, I've so, you. Yeah. Okay, good. So, so what I'm going to plan to do for us for the debrief is to actually, uh, so a couple of things. This uh, is all jumbled up because I've been going through. One is that, um, like, this is my life's work. Like, this is the thing that apart from my family is the thing that I care most about bringing into the world. This is the thing I feel like God has been calling me to try to do for the last 20 years uh, in very imperfect forms and understanding. Like if I do just this and do it well, uh, then, uh, you know, I will have achieved the life God had for me. There's other things I'd like to do, but they're relatively minor details. Um, so, I guess the first question is, where does DBJ fit into all the things you feel like God is calling or has called you to do? Um, so, uh, uh, DBJ is not as central for me as I hear you describing it for you, but mm-hmm. um, I'm... Uh, uh, one, uh, so uh, let me start with the, what what does seem central to me is the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham in Genesis 12 to bless all the family lines of earth. And mm-hmm. with, for me, for 40 years, that has revolved mostly around the places where that has least happened yet. So. 25% of the world are in what we call now frontier people groups with less than one person in a thousand who might call themselves a Christian, often it's 0%, and uh, no uh, sustained movement of people yet coming to Jesus. 
So that's been my focus for, for the 40 years. But over the last 10 years, maybe more the last five years, I've become aware that the way we, the way we practice Christianity in the West is often an impediment to seeing that flow of the gospel to the rest of the world. And in particular, that the people I know uh, that I associate with who are most involved with movements and trying to see movements to Jesus around the world often are it's not it's disconnected from the experience of this blessing we talk about in our own homes at least I imagine that because of the struggle we've had in our own home to experience the fullness and richness of Jesus' blessing and an awareness I came to even uh, just a few weeks ago that I, I've read for the 40 years, Matthew 6:33, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness. Everything else you need will be provided. I've read that as seek first God's blessing at the ends of the earth. And the shift for me, very significant shift over the last couple of years, culminating in this awareness a few weeks ago, that uh, the kingdom of God among us or within us is something that should be experienced in the home, in the household, in the family, um, and overflow. And it's not in competition. So I've short I've shortchanged family over the years because of the needs at the ends of the earth. And now I'm uh, sensing that God wants to do something new, even among mission and movement leadership and seeing the kind of change that we're experiencing in DBJ happen in homes and households. So that's where DBJ connects for me, is that it, uh, I, what, what I see, the change I see in myself and the change I think I'm seeing in the other participants uh, seems to me to be a missing element in the experience of most of many Christians I know certainly not all but uh, I, I've been I've personally been very duty and uh, duty driven in ways that have strained relationships in my household and this uh, experience of grace and resting in Jesus I believe is um, far more empowering and fruitful than uh, the obedience focus, duty-driven focus that's at least the common language of movements. So I don't know if that was mm. too long answer, but uh, that... Well, I think, I, I think it was really good, except uh, I'm not sure. So, sorry, you were still saying something? No, no, I probably keep rambling until I feel like I've heard, but that, that's a very ineffective strategy. <laughs> So let me repeat back what I think you said. So what I'm hearing you say is that it's like you're not really passionate about DBJ per se as like a central thing. However, uh, the things you have been passionate about were like missions and reaching the ends of the earth. The things you're currently passionate about is helping people who are involved in that enterprise to experience a deep and abiding rest in Jesus. Yep. And in particular, learning how to relate to your own family and helping them relate to their families in the ways that 
uh, you've been learning to do, and your lessons have been learning to do through DBJ. Right. Right. So what I'm hearing you say is that, and actually, I, I would agree with that. Like, in some sense, I don't care about DBJ itself. Like, because yep. it's hardly a thing, right? Yeah. It is. It is a bunch of blog posts <laughs> and a YouTube right. channel, and yep. that's really all that it is. There is no brand. There is no trademark. There is no organization. Uh, there's no legal entity. And like the, in some ways, the thing that I'm excited about is lowercase DBJ. It is discipling by Jesus being a thing that people do and experience and propagate. That's all I want. And the capital DBJ is just the tool we have our hands on that we can use to help make that happen. Right. And if it disappears in a blip in the ocean and everyone forgets the YouTube channel because there's so much other stuff happening that no one knows where it came from, that would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. So, so in that sense, I feel so the, the uh, so in that case, are we more or less on the same page? Yes. Uh, I, I just to reiterate, summarize what I'm saying, which is what you were saying. I think that uh, yeah. I. I'm not very much tied to the specific way we're doing things, but I'm very passionate about what I think we're accomplishing. So I, I question, I wonder whether the, uh, the, even the slide deck and the complexity of having somebody run slides is a necessary thing. I wonder, you know, if there are ways we could simplify this to make it more easily, whether the being live online is a significant piece or not. Um, but, all those are details. What I'm excited about is what we're accomplishing and wherever Jesus might lead us from this because we're, I think we're both looking for to catch up with what he's doing, not to try and get him to bless what we're doing. Right. And I think the, 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 the thing that I think Jesus wants to do, right, is actually that slide that I'm actually getting more fond of and maybe redo the logo around, was this in, uh, circulating ever more grace so that we grow all closer to Jesus. Yeah, okay. I think, you know, there's other ways of framing that are more or less equivalent, but I think that, that one is, is sufficient yeah. for our purposes. And, I, and particularly, I like the, uh, the, I think Ross picked up on this, the me to us to the world. Like, the world uh -huh. is important. Well, the right. way we get to the world is starting with me, and the way that I get to the world is through us. Yep. You know, our different us's, our families. Okay, so the... So, yeah, so that's the vision, right? And like, uh, and like by definition, like the, the forms are like the, the most important form is that we hack our forms to accomplish that mission, right? Everything else is just a detail. Right. And uh, uh, I'll, right. Just, I'll, just, I'll just mention when Phil G and I were going through the deck before you got on this morning, I think he liked uh, the er earlier version of the circulating grace where Jesus was the foundation. And we're on the ah. left side of the circle. And I don't know if that is a difference of Indian culture versus American, whatever. <laughs> you switched it, I think, because people were reading from the top and uh, you wanted yes. to start with Jesus. And I, I, I don't have a solution. I'm just um, giving you that additional <laughs> data. Yeah, no, that's, that's an interesting data point. Yeah, that, that's funny. And some of these things are purely um, highly culturally, contextually dependent, that there's no right answer in the absolute yep. scale and that's fine uh we can uh that's good um that's why it's open source so people can customize it so anyway the main question i'm sure there wasn't something else you were go that was going on in your life 
that was other than this that you felt like took priority or whether this is like, you know, obviously there's other things that inform this and are affected by this. So the, okay. So that, that, that so, so let, let me answer that uh, question because I didn't, uh, I didn't really address that question. Uh, there's one other really, I mean, uh, as I see it right now, well, there are incidentals like there's a, family court case next Thursday where yeah. <laughs> there's other things that are urgent obviously. there's there's where we're also looking to move to join the community with Tim and Becky Lewis Ralph Winter's daughter um, and that's hmm. an hour away and we're we have a meeting this afternoon to look at possibly buying some property we've been looking for six months the markets um, I mean there's there's very little available so don't know where that's going to go. So I've got some some possibly huge, um, you know, time issues. But the the big vision I have at this stage is to shift the mission world from a model of the war of religions, where we're trying to get people converted from uh, Hinduism, say, to Christianity, to a model of com what Tim Lewis would call common humanity missiology. That is. All of mm -hmm. us desire to see God's blessing flow through our family line. And this is what God has promised through Abraham. Um, and this is what all people in the world, you know, long for, for God's blessing to, to be evident in their homes, in their relationships, in their lineage. And um, so that, that shift to blessing the family lines of earth. And the second thing I see is that within the mission world, we say, the most important is this, which is, you know, the frontier people groups or whatever, and everybody else needs to drop what they're doing and join me in doing this. And that's, mm. that's just, that's blindness to the fact that Jesus has different roles for different people at different times and that there's a whole spectrum. So my, my vision for a solution currently, and this, I've been longing to talk with you about it. So I'll just summarize it here and ah. we can have a longer yeah. conversation, but my vision is, to take the Joshua Project data, if you know joshuaproject.net, which lists three unreached peoples, it emphasizes the the need of unreached and frontier, which is great. But uh, that's in that former paradigm I've talked about. The new paradigm I want to promote, and I'm on the verge of interacting with the people who can do this, is to have a, um, a, a recast of that data which represents the, the the observable blessing of God on people groups so that we can get all 17,000 people groups or 6,000 across countries, whatever, um, into a, 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 a spectrum and then let people identify where they sense God calling them to participate in blessing the people group so they can connect with others who have a common shared interest in that group. Now, one person might be interested in Bible translation for that group, or another might be interested in clean water, and they might have subgroups, you know, that focus on specific pieces, or they might have synergy together. But I think there's a tremendous um, benefit where people have the information about what groups lack blessings, so they can consider that as God leads them, but that they're not being directed uh, so much as informed and letting the Holy Spirit direct. So uh, very, it's, it's to simplify it, it's the spectrum of what condition peoples are in, and list, you know, considering factors like evangelism and 
discipling movements, but also health status, education status, poverty status, those kinds of things in a combined mm-hmm. number. And then uh, also reflecting the size of the group. So uh, a, a tenth of the world lives in 31 groups that are still in that frontier category. So that, but uh, so somebody, once they become aware of that, that can become a factor. But the more an important piece of this is the opportunity to connect with others who already share my vision and calling rather than trying to convince everybody else they need to adopt my agenda to take advantage of the technology today that allows us to connect like you and I are connecting on DBJ because we have a shared passion. So to facilitate people connecting around their shared passion for the expansion of God's blessing among whatever people groups uh, they might have, and it might be multiple people groups that they have an interest in. Uh, is that clear? It's funny. Yeah, so no, well, it's clear if I think you're saying what I think you're saying. And let me okay. on my terms. The way that my friends and I described this several years ago was kind of like Uber for the Holy Spirit in the sense that, like, there are people who God has put stuff in their heart. Uh, and then there are people out there who need what God has put in their heart. And yep. if we had an information platform that would help us discover where the needs are and awaken the latent passions in people so they can come together and say, hey, you and I each share a burden that overlaps with this need. Let's pool our resources and our vision and our support for each other to reach that group more effectively. Yeah, I think that's a an excellent summary. My, uh, I, the, it could be broader than blessing all the peoples of the earth. And I had previously at some point thought about just a matching service where anybody could post their vision and others could connect with them around it. I'd like to actually frame it with the information about what's left to be done among people groups and focus on connecting people around um, the the idea of blessing a people group. Which has infinite, you know, variations of how you go about that. Right. But I think yeah, I think but, it's but very it's, much it's, the same thing. right. And I think the point is, is that you have a very specific lens on it based on your working with mission agency leaders and on right. people groups and kind of the yeah. And I came up with this from a totally different direction about local church discipleship, but it, okay. it ends up with the very same thing that needs to be built. And here's yep. the thing I realized. Uh, correct me if you see it differently. Uh, there is a a uh, technical piece of that, which is you have to build this platform and you know have it work and have the algorithm manage people properly. There's an information piece of that. You have to get people who have this information to put it in there and update it, and not just the people who are you know not just about the need, which you can use these objective demographic data, but also the supply, right? Who is it that has passed? And that's actually the hardest part of all, is getting people to share their latent dreams and hopes. Uh-huh. And, and so uh, the, the two hard things about building that, uh, in, in, from my, my painful experience of having tried this a couple of times, one is getting people to work together. Because uh, everyone has the thing that they are doing. Uh, people who know what they're doing are doing it. And people who don't know what they're doing don't know how to talk about it. And so there's this weird chasm between it's hard to find people who can articulate what they want to do who are not already committed to a certain way of doing it. Yes. Yep. And that's where we always got stalled is, is how do you bring people in? It's like, you can't have a dating site without feeding it. 
you know, the, the network effect problem. So the belief I currently have is that the scarce resource is not the techniques or the information. The scarce resource is vulnerable unity. It's people to come to there and say, you know, hey, um, there's this thing that God's put on my heart which doesn't fit neatly into the boxes I have. And I'm willing to just kind of, I just want to be honest with you about what I'm feeling and where I'm coming. So I believe like, that is a thing that I would like to see built too. But to me, the precondition for that is creating a community of people who actually are more devoted to Jesus than the projects they're currently working on, which is remarkably hard to find. So I'm not sure that we need um, people more devoted to Jesus. I mean, well, let's see, we do need people more devoted to Jesus than what they're working on, and we need to be those kind of people ourselves. Um, but I think that we actually could start, as you're taught, described as you're talking. It seems to me that the people who are looking for missionary support are a vulnerable enough category that have good motivation to share what their vision is. And I think a possible starting point for this project is this man that just contacted me out of the blue this last week, who is putting together this website matching service to connect missionaries who are looking for to expand their support team by really finding other people who share their passion with believers who have a passion that they're looking for a way to express uh, support for and to try and connect them. So that's, you know, I've, I've put in an application on your um, launch service. Uh, yeah, so, so I'm happy to talk about it as a business, and I'll tell them the same thing I told you, is that finding people who have a passion that they are consciously aware of, who do not already know how they're going to use it, is really, really hard. It is a very narrow gap because, and that, precisely because of what I was telling you. So anyway, but I don't think that's inconsistent with what we're trying to do through DBJ, right? I think right. it is a separate thing, and I think it's an important thing. But to me, yeah. it, it is a technique. Yep. Right? The heart of it is connecting people to the heart of God so that grace flows from me to us to the world. Yep. Right? I think that's within that as a technical thing to be done. And by the way, I, I actually believe that there are many businesses that could be split off of this to serve various technical functions that are hard and important and profitable. Uh-huh. And I want to see those things flourish, including, you know, Igwet, yep. the, the backbone I'm using for this. But the, the goal is that regardless of which projects and businesses we flow out of this, this idea of we want the whole world, well, we want to make disciples of all people groups, right? We want people to experience uh, the joy and love of Jesus on the cross. And like, that is the thing that we have to do, and everything else is a technique. Right. Yep. All right. Let's leave it there. I just realized I have a one o'clock work meeting I need to, and we will oh. kind of pick this up with our conference call with everybody else tomorrow morning. All right. Bless you. Have a good afternoon. All right. All right. Thank Bye. you, Robbie. Bye. Mm-hmm.